There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello guys, sound happy, like we want to be here. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Network. I am Tim and I'm joined today by Mr. Jared Farmer. Good evening. Also got Mr. Matthew Kisby. Good evening. That's it. It's just a trio of us. How are we doing, fellas? Yeah, very well. Uh, can I just ask, Jared, how are you surviving because there's no vegetables in the supermarkets? How are you coping with that? <laughs> I'm just about getting by. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough time in my life, but I appreciate the support from you guys. And yeah, uh, I think if we all stick together, I'll get through it. Do you know, I think it's fair comment to say that um, it's not really affecting any members of the Yellow Block in any way, is it really? Because we're well, it's, none of us are really healthy eaters, so, you know. Uh, moving swiftly on, before we uh, talk posh, actually, that's a really good name for a podcast. Somebody should launch that talk posh. That sounds pretty good. But before we talk the subject matter, we've got some host-related housekeeping to catch up with. Three points on this agenda. Uh, just humorous while we go through this. Uh, massive congratulations, first of all, to Mr. Dan Topknot Weldon, who has just uh, welcomed his most recent sprog to his family. So congratulations, Dan. Hence, he's not with us this evening. He's probably changing nappies or feeding babies. I don't know. And talking of babies, this is Mr. Farmer's last episode for a while. As, Jared, your missus is about to drop for baby number two. This is true, so I'll be joining Dan with the old uh, nappy duties soon. Um, so yeah, can't wait. All good fun, isn't it? That's a lie, well, to be honest. It, well, best of luck uh, to yourself and Chloe. Uh, Kisby, it seems like a great time to be a yellow block host. You've got, it seems like women can't wait to be impregnated by us just now. Um, how's things going on uh, in your corner? <laughs> um, sort of the same, really. Um <laughs> <laughs> the same Thanks so you're, you're expecting a baby imminently soon as well or <laughs> not to my knowledge no not, not to, to your knowledge because there's so much kisby seed that's been cast far and wide <laughs> why have i got an image of a baby coming out with a ponytail and glasses on the end of its nose <laughs> the first word was madness but no seriously well done uh to dan and good luck to jared uh one other little bit of housekeeping uh, this is news to you guys as well you are unaware of this as is producer danny um, I foolishly, I, I shouldn't be left alone on the internet unattended, uh, have signed up to do the Birmingham Half Marathon in May. 
Uh, now, bearing in mind, I can't actually walk upstairs without getting breathless. This could be a challenge. Uh, we will get the um, link out on our Twitter page. So I'm going to try and raise some pennies along the way because it will keep me motivated uh, trying to raise some money for the ambulance service charity who help ambulance personnel and their families uh, through physical and mental rehab. Yeah, I'm hoping to run it in sub uh, two hours, but to be honest, I'll just be happy to finish because uh, I'm literally eating sweets as we're recording this and yeah. getting out of don't, don't Don't keel over and need an ambulance halfway through. No, like uh, well, unless it's... That's a strike team, but yeah, no, it's all good fun. Uh, back to the subject matter then. So since we last recorded, we've played four times because um, we got our recording dates mixed up. We've won two and we've lost two. That's all coming up on the yellow block. <laughs> With club news, then uh, a couple of bits to uh, dive into here. Uh, let's start with the negative. Uh, Dara's been at it on Twitter uh, recently. Uh, over the weekend, he got pissed in a hot tub in uh, Las Vegas, I believe it was, uh, and went on the rampage. Uh, this was after we won at the weekend. He decided to uh, go against a lot of the posh fans online, labeling them trolls, dickheads, etc. Because many people were vocal about the fact that he is absent when we lose. Very much trying to take the credit uh, when we win. I don't know if either of you two saw this or, or saw the backlash from it, but he's certainly not endearing himself to the fan base just now. I've not seen the video, um, but yeah, it's not ideal, is it? I don't agree that he hides when we lose. He, he does a podcast most Mondays where he addresses the results, so I don't don't necessarily agree with that. The one the one thing that has been brought up by fans in recent weeks is the comment where. He states, you know, in go and buy a football club, then come back to me. And I know it's something you've mentioned before, Tim. And I don't like that. You, you know, you can have a, a well-educated, formed opinion without owning a football club. So I think that ridicules the fans slightly. But yeah, I don't agree with the point of you know he goes hiding when we lose because say his podcast is recorded on a Monday and he, and he talks about it, he addresses it. So I, I'm aware. I, I didn't see D Max rant. I, I am aware that it happens, sort of thing. You tend to tune it out, don't you, really, these days? Um, what I will say, someone did put a good point on Twitter about how the CEO of Tesco's doesn't come on every time you do like a good shop. You know, he doesn't take credit for you when your aubergines are in stock, sort of thing. But in the same way that the CEO of Tesco's doesn't come online and like slate his customers because you know they may have said look baked beans are out of stock and it's a fair point isn't it really but what i will say is dmac is dmac dmac likes attention there's no two ways about that you can't say that he doesn't um i think even he would admit that he does and that's why he does it really i think um and of course we all know on social media you can't have a rational discussion on social media it's just physically impossible and I'm the same. No matter what anyone says, you always end up slating each other after like one sort of message. So social media is not the best way to debate these things. And if you go on social media, that's what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's, there's no sort of reason to debate about things. Is there? There's just literally people slating each other. Um, so <clears throat> you just tune it out with 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 
Mr. McAnthony, don't you really? I mean, okay, he says what he says and doesn't affect me, doesn't affect the majority of fans who aren't followers of his on Twitter, really. It's no good getting upset about it, is it, really? He's entitled to say whatever he likes. If he wants to slate the fans, slate the fans. The fans sometimes slate him sort of thing, and it's two seconds later it's all forgotten about. And it, it goes on the results, doesn't it? When we're doing well, everyone's happy. When we're not doing so well, people want to vent, don't they, sort of thing. We're all, we're all guilty of that, so it is what it is, sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's right. It's, it's unprofessional. It's, it's. I personally don't think it's right that he slags off the fan base. He shows. He's always shown, and it's always been my issue with him, a real um, sort of nonchalant discontent, really, for the fans. He doesn't really seem to uh, appreciate what the fans put into the club, and I don't just mean financially. I mean everything else associated with the club and the fan base. He's always kind of, I believe, taken that for for granted a bit. But uh, yeah, I take your point, um, and I take your point as well, Jared. That he does do the podcast. I personally don't listen to. I can't listen to it. It's just far too. It just swears for the sake of swearing and shouts lots, and it's just unlistenable in my opinion. But again, it's just my opinion. Um, more club news though. This was a couple of weeks ago now, to be fair, but we've not recorded since. Uh, we got teased with a clever uh, video clip from the media department uh, alluding to a pizza, uh, and it then featured Mr. Joe Ward in the uh, in in the, the the sort of second teaser that we got, which led the fan base to go into meltdown because we were getting the pizza shirt and Joe Ward was signing a new contract. Uh, it then transpired that. We were getting the Peter shirt, but we weren't getting a new Joe Ward contract. This was the most Peterborough United way of announcing something which should have been quite exciting and most of us would have been more than happy with uh, that I think I've ever seen. It was, Jared, from a PR side, <laughs> an absolute <laughs> It's just, if you could write a Peterborough United story, it would be this, wouldn't it? <clears throat> Yeah, in one hand, they're doing, you know, releasing something that's really positive. You say it's a great idea and I'm, I'm glad they've done it. But then, yeah, but them, like, we know what they're like. They're, they're out of date. Um, they need to be moved on and we need fresh blood in that department, in my opinion. But, um, and I think, I think obviously the, they knew that once they'd, um, once it had gone out there as a, as a teaser clip because everyone was expecting the Joe World new contract. And it would have been, it would have been a great reveal. But no, listen, on the positive, the retro shirt has gone down really, really well. I've even brought one and I don't buy shirts because, well, they don't come in Giacomo size, but these do. So I've, uh, I've snapped one up. Um, and yeah, I think it was, was it 30, 30 pounds or 40 pounds? I think, yeah, great price. Really good replica as well. But no, great initiative by the club. Um, but yeah, just a shame the buffoons messed it up. Shock, Jared orders a shirt that reminds him of pizza. Uh, Kisby, what was your take on... Uh, on Do you know what? This is absolutely true what I'm going to say. You're going to think it's not, but it is absolutely true. I got an email from the posh because I'm obviously on their list of people to email about these sorts of things. And um, You're on a few lists, though, isn't it? I know you say oh, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd have put money on you saying that, Tim. I know you so well, which... It's sad, really, but there you go. And, um, and it, it gave all the sizes, you know, small, medium, large, extra large, extra, extra large. And it went down to the bottom where it was extra, 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 extra large, right? And it said sold out. And I thought, oh, Jared, that is Jared. And that's, ab- that, that's a true story. You can laugh all you like. It's a true story. And I thought, that's my first thought. Jared's bought a shirt, hasn't it? 
<laughs> and it's just been confirmed for me. So there you go. But do you know what? I can remember when that shirt came out. Did it? Did it say what year it came out? No, was it 92 i want to say I, d- I don't know i can't, I can't yeah maybe say. maybe even earlier than that and i can remember it coming out and it was panned as being bloody awful but it just shows how times change and if you wait long enough that your um clothes will come back into fashion i'm i've been waiting like <laughs> years coming back into fashion any day now any day now i'll be a very fashionable man walking down the street yeah but we don't we don't genuinely think this shirt is good, do we? It's a bit like the the big X no, thing. Like it's, it, we're we're buying it because it's shit, right? Jared, help me yes, out here. No, it's horrendous. It's like cat's been sick on the floor. Um, yeah, but it's got that retro feel to it, and that classic, that classic type of thing. I think you go back to like the nineties. The nineties in football has got that. It's got that kind of. It's that era that everyone looks back on, and even if you you know you're not old enough, you look back at videos, and it's got that kind of vintage feel about it. So I think that's that's why it's uh, it's been a good seller. Uh, football, then I suppose we should probably talk about that, since that's why we're here. Uh, so we've played four times, beat Morecambe three nil. Um, we lost at home dramatically to Bolton five nil. Lost away to Fleetwood one nil, and then beat Forest Green two nil. Uh, where should we start? Let's start with Morecambe away. So this was. Um, no, in fact, no. Let's go earliest and work backwards. So uh, we didn't. You didn't do the Forest Green one on the last one, did you? Let me check. Yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, so let's start with Forest Green. Two uh, 0 away. This was Battle of the Dunks. Duncan Ferguson against Darren Ferguson. Um, left it. Hold up! Hold late. up! Hold up! How is that Battle of the Dunks? Duncan Ferguson and Darren Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Battle of the Fergies. Just Battle of the Fergies. All right. Well. Shush. That is how you mock me for being thick and <laughs> not getting it. And I've just tucked you in. So carry on, to Stoodley. You tucked me in. Surely that's the battle of the double Ds, isn't it? That's not the first time Tim's watched a video like that, is it? <laughs> you should have been in the waiting room. <laughs> um, I don't want to be the... in any room with Tim, thanks. Battle of the Fergies. Darren Ferguson against Duncan Ferguson. Um Left it quite late at the old uh, the old vegan ground. Uh, what did we make of this one? Did either of you watch it? I didn't, but I, did, I think I did predict a 2-0. I think I've got the last three results I predicted correct, which is amazing, really, considering my level of knowledge of the game of football. Um, I think I was probably being a little bit blasé when I said I think it would be a comfortable 2-0 win, because I don't think it was a comfortable, comfortable 2-0 win. But what I'll still say is it was a win, wasn't it? And it was a, a, a crucial win over a team you've, of course, got to beat. And it was probably slightly... It, it was one of those, I think, we ground out a little bit and we got the goal right at the end, didn't we, the second one? So it wasn't perhaps the most comfortable wins, but I think when you're getting to the stage of the season where it's not so much the how you play that really matters it's it's of course always the results and we got the result that we needed and again I would argue that since Fergie has been back I know it's not gone totally 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 to plan but I think we would not possibly have got a win against a team like that under Grant McCann and that's why I'm very much pro Fergie Um, we'll go on to obviously talk about the other two results that we've had but um, it was a good, solid performance, not outstanding thing. And, you know, it, the result was everything and we, we got the result. And it was perhaps a, a little bit tougher game than the, than the league standings um, 
suggested. So I was I was happy with a two 0 win. You know, I felt like we were always in control, uh, but it was it was by no means comfortable. I did have a bad feeling about this one. They had their new manager too. They, he, he's a good manager. There was a different feel about the place. And the way that the game started, I didn't. I think you're absolutely right. I think if this was under uh, McCann, we, we probably would have gone on to lose this. In any case, we came away with a really good three points, which made it, I think it was two out of two at that point for Fergie. Uh, and then next up was home to Bolton. Um, it's weird because, you know, we say, yeah, we, we we won against Forest Green and that's the important thing. And perhaps the, the scoreline didn't necessarily reflect the game. I think that's definitely the case for the Bolton match as well. So we've been dicked 5-0 at home to Bolton. But... I don't know about you, Matt. This didn't to me. This wasn't a five-nil game to watch. It was closer, I believe, than the scorelines. <laughs> Do you know what? It was a very strange game, and we got absolutely spanked on the day, score-wise. But watching it, it was surprising how close it was. Really, it was. It was a strange, strange game. Bolton are, are a decent side. That's that's my, that's you know, they are a decent side. They will finish in the playoffs, at least, I should imagine. And they've probably got an outside chance of of going for an automatic promotion. So they're they're a good side. There's no two ways about it. Um, I thought, before the game, I thought, if we can sneak a a win against them, I'll be more than happy. But I also thought I will take a draw all day long because I knew they'd be a decent team. Of course, they're going to be a decent team, Bolton. on the day, if you look at the stats, you wouldn't be able to separate the two teams, weirdly. You really wouldn't. And on on the balance of play, actually watching the balance of play, there wasn't a great deal between the two teams. Now, that's all very well. And you can't say that it was close because they did beat us 5-0. But what happened was every single chance they got, they scored. And every single chance we got we didn't score and I do think it could have if we'd have scored earlier on I think it would have been quite a close game I did say at the start the team that scores first will be the team that wins and and I I think as soon as they got their nose in front they were always probably going to win that game but I think there wasn't much between the two sides I didn't think I just thought that they took their chances and we didn't and that's often the way in football if you don't take your chances you don't win games and that's that's really what happened. It wasn't that they overwhelmed us, that they were the better side in any way, shape or form, because they really weren't. They really weren't on the day. Um, but at the end of the day, we'd had two wins at, the, at this point. And I just thought, well, you know, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose probably on your third game if you're playing a really good side. And that's how, that's how it panned out on the day. They just took their chances, but they weren't they weren't any better than us. Which again, I yeah. think is progress. I honestly do. Yeah, it's a it's a very um, optimistic way of looking at things. There's no room for that sort of optimism here. You could pretty much uh, copy and paste what you were saying there for the game that then came on the Tuesday night up in uh, Fleetwood. Uh, it's never a happy hunting ground. It feels like for for posh. Um, but in terms of dominating games and, and not taking your chances this was very much a perfect example of that so lost one nil away at Fleetwood we had 68 percent of the ball in that game we had 14 shots to their five uh, three of them on target to their one but in, importantly Kisby the stat that matters Fleetwood Town won Peterborough United nil do you know what I said before? I said we never do well against Fleet. We never do well against them. I don't know what it is. It's they're one of the bogey. I don't know why you have bogey teams in football, but you do. 
you have teams that no matter how good or bad they are, whenever you play them, you either always beat them or always lose to them. And Fleetwood is one of those teams that we never seem to do well. And I was surprised. I I wasn't surprised we lost against Bolton. I was surprised we lost 5-0. But I wasn't sort of surprised. I thought, mm, OK, if we're going to lose, we'll lose against a team like Bolton. Fleetwood, I thought we'd play much better. And I thought we'd beat them because Fleetwood are not a good side particularly. Not really, not considering we're at the other end of the table to them. So I was thinking that we will beat them. And and it was disappointing that we did have a lot of a lot of the play, a lot of the possession, a lot of the shots. They had literally one shot and they won. And it shouldn't be like that. Even if they can get ahead of us, we should have enough in our team, especially now it's going a little bit better, to have pulled that back. And that's the difference between teams that get promoted or teams that get in the playoffs and, and teams that don't get in the playoffs if we could have pulled that back and 2-1 all of a sudden we're right back in the playoffs aren't we and the playoffs are, are for me because the results like the Fleetwood they're it's they're fading now they are fading and it's not impossible still to get in the playoffs right I would be surprised if we got in the playoffs now and I think if I was a betting man and I had money on us going into the playoffs, I would begin to start to think perhaps I'm going to lose out on that bet because I don't think now. I think I don't think there's a great deal of distance between us and Barnsley, who I've always said is are our perhaps the team that's going to make the last last playoff. And I don't think we're going to particularly get more points than them now. And the fact that they've already got more points than us, I think rather suggests to me that we won't be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, Not impossible, but if I was a betting man. Yeah, followed that defeat back up in the northwest. Saturday just gone. Uh, This time we did find the shooting boots. 3-0 away to Morecambe. This game was over inside. Uh, half an hour similar sort of game really in terms of dominating the ball although Morecambe certainly had more possession um, and better chances than than Fleetwood did but the result completely different so three uh, three goals and three good points away at a team that yeah right Morecambe are struggling they're not great in the league but you you could argue the same for Fleetwood Um, this has to go down as as a good response to that Fleetwood defeat yeah, I think it was a necessary response. I think, again, the, the difference was we seemed to be shooting on target as much as we could. And we got perhaps lucky deflections, but I always think that's a good thing. If if you if it's being deflected in, that means you're shooting at the goal sort of thing. And the opposition players are having to you know, put their boot between you and their goal sort of thing. So it's it's no disgrace to be scoring from sort of like flick-ons or, or you know, hitting the opposition players. It's It's actually a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? Morecambe are on a very good side. We are a decent side, like I've said, all season. And, you know, we got the win. We've got to be happy with that. It keeps us in touch. But like I say, because the teams above us and around us are all in very, very fine form. In fact, Wickham are in outstandingly good form. Um, I don't think they'll get the last playoff places, as I say. I think that would be Barnsley. But um, it, keep, it keeps us in contact and keeps the keeps the season alive. And... Like I say, I I think overall there has been... Right, can I go off on a tangent here? Can I talk about our obsession with managers, right? Absolute obsession. And we've got it a little bit on this pod, I think. But i tell you what a manager can do, right? A manager can take an average team into a good team, right? 
or a good team into an excellent team or an excellent team into a world beating team. It can't do or a manager can't do any more than that. A bad manager can take an excellent team into a, into a good team or a good team into an average team or an average team into a shit team. It won't do any worse than that. Right. Our issue, as we've said many, many times on this pod, is not the manager. Let's forget about who's in charge of us. It doesn't matter. I think Fergie has made us into a slightly better team than Grant McCann. No, he hasn't transformed. Well, I've used the word transform. He hasn't really transformed us. He's made us into a slightly better team, I think. But you can only get what you can out of the players. Fundamentally, I think our players are one or two percent worse than perhaps the best teams in this league. And that's enough, isn't it, in football to mean that you're probably not going to finish above those other sides. It's not really down to who our manager is. As much as I like Fergie, he's not going to transform us into a world-beating side in any way, shape or form. And it, it annoys me that we've got this obsession, we've got this absolute obsession at this club with, and I'm talking about the fans really, with the manager, who the manager is. I don't think it makes that much difference. You, you, so you so okay i see what you're saying but last season you were you were clawing at the fact that mccann was no better didn't make any difference to it so you genuinely feel like whoever is in charge of this team makes i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to grasp your point if that were the case surely i could manage peter united no, did you not listen to what I said, Tim? No. A good manager can take you up one notch, right? So he can take a good team into a very good team or a very good team into an excellent team, right? A bad manager will take you down a notch, right? It, managers don't do anything more than that, right? If you've got an outstandingly good manager, he can probably take you up two or three notches, right? Or if you've got an outstandingly bad not, uh, bad manager... You can take us down two or three notches. But generally speaking, at our level, they're not going to have massive, massive effects on the overall team. I think Fergie gets the best out of our players, generally speaking. Grant McCann probably didn't. But Fergie's not going to be able to transform this team, is he? He's going to make them into a slightly better team, right? If we got a really shit manager in, he'd make them into a slightly worse team than Grant McCann. Grant McCann. But it, it doesn't make. At our level, it doesn't make masses of difference. That's my argument. It'll only it'll make a little bit of difference, of course it will, but not masses amount because we're not in that sort of league, are we? We're not in the in the big league for managers. I think League One. I agree in a sense where you don't have to be a tactical genius if that's what Kisby was trying to say. And I think a lot of coaches in the lower leagues they look up to your Pep Guardiola's and. Diego Simeone and look at their you know a certain way of football and they they overcomplicate it I am a, I do I'm a big believer in that but um no it certainly still makes a difference it's not that it doesn't make a difference but at our level right it doesn't make a massive difference so you could drop the best manager in the world into this team how much actual difference would it make we'd still be a good side but we wouldn't be top of the league all of a sudden would we we wouldn't be beating everyone else that's my point it makes some difference of course it does um but like i say it it the amount of difference it can make is is not a massive amount i would argue and 
that is why our obsession, our total obsession on our manager for the last, I don't know, three, four, five years, whatever it is, is, is bizarre, I think, because it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. What we should bloody well be arguing about and questioning is the quality of the players that we're getting. And I think that has been, for the last certainly two or three years, very average, very average. You can't say poor, but very average, I would argue. And I would also say that the difference between now and the great posh teams of the last 15 years is we haven't got three or four real top quality players in 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 this team we've got some good players don't get me wrong but the real excellent players that we've had in the past i'm not going to name names but we all know who they are um we perhaps haven't got and that is why we are we're not languishing in seventh or eighth place whatever we are at the moment but that is why we're in the position we're in not the manager even 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 grant mccann was an all right manager I don't think he was as good as Fergie, but I, I, I think it's the players that we need to concentrate on, not the, not our obsession with managers. I can't understand it. I honestly can't. I don't really see the sense in, in talking about the manager situation at the minute. We've got Fergie to the end of the season. Um, the season for me is pretty much almost dead. Uh, it's going to be very difficult sneaking the playoffs now. Um, yeah, I think the club's at a bit of a crossroads, isn't it? It's It's... It's difficult because obviously Fergie's only here supposedly to the end of the season, um, and if this if we lose a couple more games and this season's done and dusted, then it's going to be a very boring end to the season, isn't it? Do you think, Jared? So as we as we stand, we, we've just talked about the four results there. As it stands now, we are ninth, and we are nine points off Barnsley, who are occupying that last playoff space in sixth. Um, we've both played uh, 30 games. So we've only got 16 games left. That's a lot of football, of course it is. But will we? Can we realistically close nine a nine-point gap? Bearing in mind as well that that Wickham are in fantastic form, and there's a few others making moves. Uh, are the playoffs still a, a possibility? Do you think? I think so. I think say nine points is a lot, but we're, we're too inconsistent. Um, I, I can't see this team, um, the way we're playing, getting into a real good run of form to close them. Them points. I think the teams above us are, are better than us. Um, yeah, it's a real shame because, um, you, like we've seen before, if you if you don't bounce straight back up, obviously you get to keep your players for a season, don't you? In League One, when you come down, majority of them. But it's going to be a bit of a rebuild again. And I just think with with everything going on at the club at the minute, a rebuild. It, I don't know. I just can't see that going too well because obviously there's issues with the ownership. We know that. There's issue with the management team um, in regards, obviously, Fergie being on the short-term contract. And there's lots of issues with the squad, um, you know, with, with contract renewals and, and everything else. So I think it'd be quite messy if we don't go up. Yeah, no, I agree. We will be coming back to the manager because it is a, a talking point. Um, one little line I did just want to give you from the footballing world whilst we're talking about Bolton. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, we all know that their stadium, uh, most of us still know it as the Reebok Stadium, right? That was its original name when it was built. Uh, it then got changed to the Macron Stadium. Most people kind of know that. It's currently called the Bolton University Community Stadium, I believe. Anyway, they've announced new naming rights for the stadium. 
Stadium from the summer onwards uh, for a local uh, metal fabricators called Tough, Tough Shirt. Yes, Tough indeed. Sheet. So yeah. from the summer, Bolton Wanderers will be playing their, their home games at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium. Uh, and I'm all for this because I can't wait for them, you know, Soccer Saturday to throw to Chris Kamara at the Tough Sheet Stadium in uh, in Bolton. I, I don't know if you saw this, but it's a genius bit of marketing, I think. So down with the Reebok Stadium, up with the Tough Sheet Community Stadium. They are a proper company called Tough Sheet, aren't they? They are, yeah. Not, they're not made that up or anything. <laughs> Now time for Kisby's time to shine with the shit jingle, the Fergie in, Fergie out meter. Oh, and Kisby, don't get used to it. This is going back into retirement at the end of the season, regardless of if he's still in a job. But it is time for Fergie in, Fergie out. The Yellow Black are proud to announce the Fergie in or out meter. On thin fucking ice, my pedigree chums, and I shall be under it when it breaks. Now, fuck off. Kind of swung quite dramatically since last time. Uh, Fergie in 56.3%, Fergie out 43.7%. Oh, how things change so quickly. Um, it's possibly the lowest in since. Um, since we restarted it as well. Uh, some correspondence as well on the Fergie in outer meter. Uh, Chris <laughs> simply replied with the hashtag Kisby out as well. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, 2PWF says there should be a shake it all about option. Stephen Wiles bring back Grant. Uh, Lily said, Do you really think this helps? <laughs> Joe's head over. Uh, and Connor should never have been in. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you there, Connor. Um, yeah, so Fergie in just. I did see a poll on Twitter. Somebody asked DMAC in or out, and it was massively out. Uh, there's definitely a swing in the fan base towards the ownership, I think. I'll I'd, tell you a secret here that the Fergie in or out meter that Danny played in the last um, show, last pod, wasn't a Fergie in or out meter. He'd edited it, the bastard, because it was a. Um, DMAC in or out meter that took me ages to do because yeah. I had some good speech on the front and he hacked it to bits to make it a Fergie in or out meter. There you go, that's behind the scenes at the yellow block. Shows you my standing in the yellow block. But it's, it's, it? it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not an actual poll, is it? It's very tongue in cheek. That's why it's funny because most of the posh fans don't fucking get it. So. <laughs> Even though we explain it to them every single episode, don't we? And they still, some of them don't get it. They still think it's like quite serious, don't they? I mean, it's big serious because our manager is sacked and re-employed every like 30 days. So it sort of becomes serious. But it was initially a play on the um, situation that is the modern manager in football, i.e., one defeat and they're out sort of thing or you know people are shouting for their heads so it was sort of a joke on that wasn't it but to be fair it's sort of quite realistic now yeah fair enough thanks for explaining that for the 18,000th time Kisby I appreciate that uh quick break when we come back we'll be talking managers and looking ahead to the games that we've got coming up in the next few weeks 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Before we kick off the second half, and to be fair, we usually do this at the end of the show, but in case folk have got bored and have tuned out by that point, we need your help. Please, if you haven't already, leave us a review and rate the podcast on both Apple and Spotify. The way this is written, it's like it should be on, like, I don't know, like Children in Need or Comet Relief. I feel like it needs, like sad music so it just get a bit of sad music playing danny now and I'll, I'll do my best sad voice please if you haven't already leave us a review and rate the podcast on both apple and spotify it helps us in our charting and well we just want to be all the other league one club pods there you go that's better so yeah like and us on two pound a month if you keep on sponsoring us we might be able to get kids be a date where he can actually pay for the meal <laughs> yeah <laughs> Some correspondence then. Before we talk managers, uh, when Neil Critchley was sacked as the QPR manager, we had a tweet in from Craig Franks posing a question to us all. Um, So this was in response to Neil Critchley getting the boot. Evening, boys. Your thoughts on this would be intriguing. Is Neil Critchley a realistic target or, as assumed, Fergie continues at the end of May? I do feel this target is one that Dara, Jason and Randy, if still involved, should be able to get over the line. And if not, why not? So Neil Critchley is... An elite manager in so much as, fun fact, he's one of only 16 coaches worldwide to have obtained UEFA's elite badge and therefore can technically be called an elite manager. In terms of his management career, he has managed the Liverpool youth setup. I think he had a small stint as caretaker there as well, but correct me if I'm wrong, um, before forging his own career at Blackpool and then more recently QPR. Didn't work out at QPR. However, he did do okay at Blackpool, and I feel as though he would be a good fit for the posh, depending on how he would work with Dara. So I think Craig is on to... Is onto something here uh, with his tweet. What, what do you guys think around Neil Critchley coming to Posh? Yeah, I think he's it'd be ideal. Um, whether we'd be able to get him or not, I don't know. But it's certainly something that's what the the owners need to be looking at. Obviously, we're going to have to plan for next season sooner rather than later, and that obviously starts with the manager. So he's certainly someone who'd be on the list. I think all the Posh fans would would take him for sure. Yeah, he feels like he's he's. A, I know he didn't work out with QPR, but he's got a real solid footballing background. He worked under um, uh, Stephen Gerrard for a while at Villa as well. So I, I don't know. I kind of feel like he's one of those young. Well, I say young. He's like in his forties, but one of the younger managers that's really going to make a name for himself. And I, I reckon he could he could do that. Posh. I think this is. I think you know Craig that, that tweeted in. I think it's a, a cracking shout. And I know there were other posh fans as well that mentioned about this when he got the boot from QPR. Uh, I'm guessing you you don't even know who this guy is, Kisby, looking at your face there. No, I don't. Um, my answer <laughs> On the ball as ever be... is our football correspondent, <laughs> Matthew Kisby. <laughs> this is why I'm not a football person, as I was arguing the other day. Um, 
I don't know what goes on in other teams and other leagues. What I will say is, right, it, it's a bit hypothetical, isn't it? He, he, he may or may not do a good job at Peter United. Uh, if he's a really, really, really good manager, he will give another 1% to what we've got at the moment. Will that be enough? Not with this team, no. Um, I was just looking at the championship table on the teams that are likely to come down. And the bottom four is Cardiff, Huddersfield, Blackpool and Wigan. So that's the shoe. Wigan are bottom, so that's a shoe. They'll be down. Blackpool, probably. Uh, maybe Huddersfield as well. No, Huddersfield won't go down because Huddersfield did what we needed to do last year and they've got a manager in that can keep them up. Uh, Huddersfield won't go down. Well, they're not in great form. Only won one in the last five. Um, he's only been but, in charge for one game. <laughs> well, okay. I didn't know that, to be fair. Um, okay. Let, let's say it's Cardiff. And let's say Cardiff, Blackpool and Wigan. So Blackpool aren't a great side. They've, yeah. Um, Wigan, Cardiff, you would expect them to be fairly decent at League One. The point I'm making in a very round about sort of way is that league one will be fucking tough again next season that's our trouble this season it's tough right um this team that we've got two seasons ago would have done very well in league one um because it's a decent side where our problem lies is it's been as tough as i've ever seen league one and that's the trouble you see. We're just not in in that in those realms at the moment. And I don't think getting an, another manager, no matter how good he is, I don't think it's going to give us enough on the current team. So we're going to need to be, we're going to need a good manager, right? Whoever that may be, and we're going to need a good team, a very good team to go up. And that's the point that I would make on whether we should get a new manager. Getting a new manager. Is, will not be enough, even if he's better than Fergie. And the chances are he probably won't be much better. So my point is it'll be a strong-ish league again because there'll still be, you know, all the teams that don't go up this season, they'll still be in it. Uh, so we need some decent players. I would argue if we went back to basics, got really good young, hungry players and kept them for a few seasons. And that's what we did initially with the Boyds and all the rest of them. We got young players who were promising and we kept them for a few seasons. I think that's perhaps where we've moved away from slightly. That doesn't mean we'll get instant um, promotion next season if we go down that route. But I I would think that's perhaps a change that we could make, a positive change. Uh, yeah, valid points uh, raised by Matthew Kisby. If you agree or disagree, let us know on Twitter and hopefully um, you were listening. <laughs> That's all good. Jared, I was hoping you would jump in there, but no, it's fine. Don't worry. No, don't worry, Jared. It's fine. You just sit there and look at your phone. Don't worry about trying to contribute or anything. I'm just it's checking good. the uh, Phantom score, mate. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I forgot because yeah, we should do a Phantoms podcast. No, it's too cold for that. Uh, we did put out a poll on Twitter. We seem to love polls at the minute. I love it uh, all over Twitter. Uh, who do you want in the hot seat for 2022-24? Four options, Fergie, McCann, Everington or Other. Comment if you did select Other. Other was by far the biggest winner. Nearly half the um, the votes 
went for Robber. Fergie got 30 or 29%, nearly 30%. McCann only got 10 and Everton got more than McCann at 12. Here's some of the comments. So Jonathan Marshall says, Cowley Brothers for me. Cameron De Silva, it's irrelevant unless they have complete control of the transfer policy. Completely agree. Uh, Kyle, definitely not Fergie. We need a rebuild and a fresh face in the dugout. I'd be looking at Critchley or potentially Russ Martin. Uh, he's coming under a lot of pressure at Swansea currently. Uh, Chris says, I want Daz Moody so I can use the hashtag Moody out, hashtag in the first uh, of his game so he knows how, how it feels to want managers out straight away. Failing that, Kisby should get it again so he can roll out the relevant hashtag of hashtag Kisby out. Uh, Emerald Posh says, Fergie in until Dara out. Interesting. Uh, Fordy says Neil Critchley or Liam Richardson. Owen Simmons says Critchley, Richardson, or wouldn't mind if we took the foreign approach. Interesting. Uh, Charlie just says Cowley. Glenn Townsend says Steve Evans. I'm hoping that's tongue in cheek. Uh, Liam Forsyth says might as well recrown the king, even if he moves upstairs to director of football after taking us up. And then Richard Humphrey says Ian Ian Gow. I've never, I don't actually know who Ian Gowley is. I've never heard of him. I don't know who he's managed. Um, any other suggestions there that you would uh, you would take seriously, Jared? I quite like Russell Martin. Again, I think he's one of these managers who probably overcomplicates things. I think he's very data-driven, isn't he? But um, I loved him as a player. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind giving uh, Russell Martin a go. Um, obviously, Neil Critchley, if we can get anyone of that calibre, you know, that'd be brilliant. But honestly, I'd... I'm too stuck in this season at the minute and just trying to finish this season up. I've not really thought about potential managers for next. I think that's that's the job of the owners. I second Emerald Posh's Fergie in until Dara out. I think Fergie can give us that stability until such time as the problem at the club is removed. Uh, Kisby, any take on those comments from you? I think Russell Martin would be an interesting choice because he's got the connection and I'm sure the love of the posh, and that might be an interesting choice. But I, I just think we're we're just tweaking around the edges, aren't we? All the time that we need. I think we've we've all said fundamental change is needed um, in whatever way that is. And there's lots of different ways you can have fundamental change. I think that would be something that I would be behind. But of course, we all know that you know you could have a fundamental change, and we get two losses in a row, and all of a sudden it will be the Fans will be up in arms. I think that the owners have got to just make the decisions that they think are right and go with it and blow what you know, people like us say. Yeah, I just think it's a bit, little bit too much uncertainty with everything. I mean, everything seems short term. And as football fans, you want to believe in a project, don't you? You want to be able to look ahead and, and understand the plan. And, and everything at the minute feels a bit of a mess, a bit like glued together, if you like. And I think that's the feeling a lot of fans have got at the minute. And it's... It's not a positive one. Yeah, I think you nailed it earlier when you said it feels like we're a bit of a crossroads. But it feels like we're a bit of a crossroads without anybody really driving in a direction. We've just kind of stopped at that crossroads a little bit. It's weird, isn't it? Because there is a lot of uncertainty, but yet we're not actually in a different situation to what we were 12 months ago. We're in a different league, but you know we're on that same manager merry-go-round. But everything feels a little bit a little bit different. I don't know. I feel looking back now, we've had a little bit of time. The, the Jason interview that we did as much as he, he, he faced all of the criticism, it was when you say we did Tim, Mm, I did. Yeah. (laughs) There's most listened episode this year as well, just to add, Um, but (laughs) it was, I don't know. He was quite, he was quite forthright and I wouldn't say aggressive, but he was quite, 
I've there's, I there's definitely something coming this summer. And I reckon, Jared, with you saying there about everything seems short term, I wonder if that's maybe why. Because there's there's something coming this summer that the Randy situation still hasn't been resolved in any way. There's, I don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dara does go this summer after all, even though he, he keeps changing his mind. It just, I don't know, it feels like there's something around the corner. Maybe it'll be good, I don't know, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like we're on stable footing, does it? Only a few weeks ago, obviously, Dara come out on his podcast. Um, I listened to that sparingly, and, and he said then, he said that, you know, I'm here, I'm sticking to it. And then you hear again recently, you know, when I leave and all this. It's just, I, again, I've always said I'm, I'm a fan of Dara, always have been, but it, it's just getting tiresome, you know, with, with the not knowing and he staying or going and all this bullshit with Randy, which does my head in, and the patching up of that, you know. You know, we, we don't have to know everything as as football fans, but you, you want to know who, you know, who owns a football club and, and who's doing what type thing. And it, that keeps getting patched over and it's, it's frustrating uh, as a fan of people United. And I just want everything addressed, everything laid out in the open and a plan put forward, whether that's with the current ownership or, you know, going in a different direction. I think we've heard so much conflicting stuff over the years, haven't we? One minute it's, we're turning left. Next minute we're turning right. Then we turn left. And I think that's what, as a fan, you get fed up with after a while. You like you say, you want a clear goal to aim at, and you want a time frame to achieve that goal in. And what we've had is we've had an owner who's been with us seventeen years, and and a lot of that, that time we've it's been great. Okay, um, we've had new owners, and we call them new owners, don't we? But we've also had owners that have joined that have been here for five years. And within those five years, there has been some progression, as we've said many times. Um, but that overall goal, the overall main goal of this football club to get into the championship and most importantly, to stay in the championship, we've not achieved, have we? And I think it's that elusive goal that is tantalisingly out of reach all the time. And it's never really been within our reach in the time in the last 17 years, I would argue. So I think as a fan, you, you're, perhaps, you're perhaps asking the impossible to be a championship club for a long period of time, but we want, that's what we want to do. And that there's no clear pathway to that goal. And I don't think there's ever been a pathway even close to being in place to achieve that goal. And I think that's the frustration for people like yeah. me and a lot of other fans. No, you're right. That All of the pathways lead to the championship and then there's not too much beyond that. One thing I, I have noticed, Jared, is that the fan base is turning against Dara a lot more over the last 12, 24 months. It feels like he's lost the support of the fans, which he's always had. No, I agree with you. I've noticed it myself. Um, in fact, you know, people who have always been pro Darev certainly seem to be turning, and that's that's bad news, isn't it? I think as a football club, you want to, as cliche as it is, all, all be together and have that feel good factor around the club, like we did a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it, it is changing for sure. Um, but Kisby, just touching on what you said there, and it, it, Tim, I understand your point of view where you say. You know, there's no point saying um, let's what's better out there. You, you don't know until you try. But you know, I don't think there's many owners out there who 
could get Peterborough United in the Championship and, and, and to stay there. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult with the size of the club we are. Don't get me wrong, there's probably better owners out there. Of course there is. But I still think as fans, we need to be relatively realistic. And, you know, being a competitive League One club for Peterborough United, I know it's relatively boring, but I think that's the level we're at. Obviously, it doesn't mean you say you can't strive for more, and that's what we need to do on and off the field, obviously, with the stadium, build the fan base. But I'd argue this ownership has, you know, certainly tried to do that, certainly the latter. They have, and I think all that that's done is prove that we can sustain ourselves as a championship club because they can grow the fan base. They can do X, Y, and Z to put us in the position to be able to do that. Um, if you if you speak to non p United fans, so fans of other clubs that have got no affiliation to the club at all, uh, they do see us now as a as a top League One team. They all most people will put us there or thereabouts each season. So I don't think taking that step to sustaining Championship football is that far beyond us in terms of attendances and stuff. We can consistently now be in the the sort of lower half of the Championship. We we proved that last year. We travel well. And as uh, Jason is always saying, and as I've said previously, Peterborough is, aside from football, it is a a, a potential hotspot. It's easily get to London. It's got good transport links. It's growing quickly. There's so much happening around the city that's now mimicking the big cities in the West Midlands that I think Peterborough's got huge potential. And I would include the, the football club in that because of the fan base that, that would follow. So I don't think it's wrong to expect us now to be able to take that next step because there's no you you can't just sustain sitting in the playoffs each year of league one that's not eventually that that it doesn't take you anywhere you've got to have that ambition and unfortunately I think that Dara has outstayed his welcome because he can't achieve that and the reason that I'm I'm feeling now the fans are turning on him is because everybody's recognizing that it's a bit like staying in a relationship with somebody a year or two longer than you should have done. That relationship turns sour then, doesn't it? And you lose all of those good memories that you had and you lose all of those positive feelings and emotions that you had for each other. Dara needed to leave five years ago when Randy and Jason had come in and got their feet under the table. That's the point that Dara needed to to step back, in my opinion. I feel now that this club cannot progress all the time Dara is in charge, not just because of his dealings on the pitch and how he... He likes to control the team, but because he doesn't have the resources to be able to take us any further, I believe. I think just like a position in a league table, you have to look at what has been achieved by the current owners, and it is not championship football. That is a pertinent, unassailable fact of the matter. And it's like you say, Tim, you want to aspire to championship football. You always, when, If we were a, a proper championship team that finished mid-table all the time, you'd want to then aspire to be a premiership team, wouldn't you? Of course, that's why, that's the whole nature of sport, to be the best of the best of the best. And it's no good saying, well, we're an average team and that's as far as we're going to go and we should be happy with that. We're never going to be happy. Certainly as, not, as a fan of this club, you wanted to play at the absolute highest level. And the step to that is to become a championship team. And irrespective of what you think to the owners, and I think the owners have got a lot of positives going for them, to be fair. They've got some negatives, of course, like all people. Um, they have not achieved that. They have not achieved that, and they can't say that they have. They can say, we've achieved this, 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 and this. That's true. 
but they have not achieved that. And there does come a time where you think, well, perhaps we, we, we're keen. Uh, this has been very heavy centered on who should be our manager this this episode but we're keen to change the manager and yet perhaps there has to become a time where you think a change of ownership is the way to go um no one says it will make things better we've had plenty of changes of managers that have made things a lot worse and the chances are for a lot of the reasons people have said before a change of ownership would make things worse but there's also an argument to say that sometimes you've got to try or if the owners who listen to this pod or Jason certainly does thinking, well, you know, what right has he got to say I should leave? My response to that would be, well, give us championship football, you know, let us live the dream. And, and if you can't, what is the point of being here sort of thing? There is no point is that if you're just going to be satisfied or serve at the same amount of success each I think I think that's that's real listen I'm not again I want to make this clear I'm not against a new ownership at all I'm not you know I've said before I like uh Jason I like Dara I don't think we'll talk about Randy because I don't think he's a part of it anymore again when I met Randy I liked Randy as well but um and I think they've done good stuff for the football club but I think that's incredibly harsh to say that Kisby because they've you know they have given us championship football um I know it didn't go well but it's not like you know they've, they've if they got nowhere near it, they've put us there. Um, and now, obviously, we're trying to get back in into the championships. So I think I think that's harsh coming from coming from that point. But, but, but that's what that's that's my argument. If fine, they've given us championship football, but now they've got to give us a team that will stay in the championship, and they haven't given us that. So it's fine if they want to stay to achieve that. I haven't got a problem with that. I'd be fully supportive of that. But like you say, they've got to have a plan. It's no good being all this agree, short. Agree with it's no good telling me, well, well, we'll change one of our players for next season. Well, what, what's that going to achieve? You know, it's no good telling us, well, we'll get a new goalkeeper. What's that going to achieve? They've got to have a long-term plan. And I think that is something I hoped would have happened five years ago. And perhaps they had long-term plans for other areas of the club, but perhaps they lost sight a little bit about what is the most important area of this club, i.e. success on the pitch. And although it has been delivered to some extent, and you can't argue it hasn't, it hasn't been delivered to the extent that us as fans, all fans, want. Of course, you always want more. And I think Tim made a good point earlier about um, it feels something's coming, and it does. It feels like something's around the corner, and in the summer, I think there's going to be things addressed in regards to the ownership. Um, that's not coming from a place of knowledge, by the way. That is just something that I feel, as Tim said earlier, certainly with, with the Randy thing, there's, you know, there's got to be some movement on that. And that's not, you know, the be all and end, though. It doesn't make much of a difference, does it, to us as fans? But I do feel like there's a change coming of some sort. And that's yeah, a positive, isn't it? That's a total, total positive. If that is what's going to happen, then... I think most people, if not all people, are going to be behind that. I think change is a positive. Is a positive anyway because we need change, don't we? I think things have gone very, very stale at the club. Absolutely, one million percent. This is what I and was that... getting berated for last year. Was keep saying that we needed change. Everyone's like, "Well, who is it going to be?" It doesn't matter. It's just change, isn't it? It's that fresh pair of eyes. That's and that, exactly. And what that's we what we're in total agreement of. All three of us. We all have our different opinions. We don't always agree. Um, we are all 
of that mind we all think there needs to be change but like i say not just tweaking the edges we need mega large changes i think to to achieve what we all want including the owners you know everyone wants the same thing it's not that we're in disagreement it's just we're in disagreement about how is best to achieve those aims it's interesting kisby you said earlier on that you know the the one thing that that they need is the plan and and you know they have to remember the one thing they need is success but i think we need to ask ourselves what the owners what what's so as fans we pay our money because we want to go and watch entertaining football and have success what the, what do the owners individually want out of this club why did they why did they buy into it is it they want to feed their ego they want to be able to say yeah i own a football club is it that they want to make money out of the football club is it that they're a diehard fan of the football club and they want to do everything they can to to get its success is it that they want to ride it off as a tax expense? There's loads of different reasons why they would get into owning a football club. And I think until we understand the reasons behind the three owners and their want to be at the club, it's not as simple as just saying, well, they need to deliver success because that might not be their priority. Their priority might be making money out of selling the next youth product. Their priority might be feeding their ego by going on news, uh, Sky Sports News and running a podcast. We need to... I think we need to understand that first to understand the decision process that they make, if that makes sense. I think I think looking at the overview of that, though, obviously you've got Darren McCann, he come into the club, what was he, 33, 34, very young, hell of an ego, and he won't mind me saying I'm an arrogant fuck back then. Um, he's learned a hell of a lot. I think he come in because he wanted to get involved in, in a football club. He wanted to, you know, he had a lot of money back then. Um, and, you know, he's had massive success at posh and he's i think he's learned a lot along the way and you know he's he's a very useful person now in, in football terms in my opinion um he's very set in his ways and i think that's a negative thing um but he's run the football club really well in my opinion um and then it's obviously come five years ago we've got two new owners who you know jason knows more about football than i'd say uh randy and that they've come in in my opinion to make money they're these are all successful business people. You, you know, it's not just a hobby for them. I'm not having any of that. Um, and obviously they've seen there's potential in PB United, whether that's growing the football club off the pitch and on, um, obviously with, with the youth side of it and, and a way to make money, you know, if we were to get into the championship and potentially to, to sell the club in the championship, they're going to make money. So I think making money, you, you think as a fan, oh, that's not what they're here for. Of course, that you know, that has to play a part, doesn't it? I think, I think, Tim, you've simplified it slightly. I think it's not just... Nobody ever does anything in life just for one reason, do they? I think there's always going to be more than one reason why they want to buy a football club. If you just want to make money, you know, you'll take out, I don't know, a Halifax 12-month bond or something, wouldn't you? You wouldn't buy necessarily a football club. The old adage is you you, you can make a small fortune in, in, in a um, football club by starting off with a large fortune. So... I would argue that it's not necessarily number one priority to make money. Having said that, as Jared Rodley says, they're, they're business people and, and and they have an eye on making money if they can. I think I think there's lots of complex reasons why all three of them wanted to get involved in this football club. But I think you've got to say somewhere in that they want success with Peter B United. It's got to be because if not, why buy a football club in the first place? I think it's also to do with it's a status thing to own a football club. As you rightly say, it's an ego 
thing as well to own a football club um it's a fun thing to own a football club um it's not just a hobby clearly but also you know it's 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 a fun thing to do it it's not always fun is it because you get idiots like us bloody well commenting on things that we know nothing about so it's it's i th- in fact i think that the owner should do a podcast about us and how we are fucking shit and all our deficiencies and all the rest of it because that's what we well, do Dara does this is this is the problem we've had this week is Dara does go on his podcast and tell us what he but, why can't he, why can't he do it why can't he do it to us if we do it to him because he's in a, a position of power whereby... He so are carry... we as fans? No, no, no. No, we're not. He he should carry himself with a level of decorum and profession. Agreed, agreed. But I think, you know, if, if, if fans come at him, then, you know, I'm... I know he's in a position of power. Bollocks, of Jared. No, That's bollocks. No, so we go back to that. We go back to that example we used earlier. You, I don't know, you, you buy a, a dodgy TV from Curry's. You go in and ask to speak to the manager and start giving him what for. He, you would be okay with him then giving it back to you because you, he's, not, he's not providing the service that you're expecting. You can't compare it. I mean, some of the abuse is disgusting. He's, he's a human. He's, he's going to react to it, isn't he? Um, it goes too far. I completely get what you're saying. He is in a position of power and he shouldn't. Like I said to you earlier, I don't like the way he ridicules fans for you know not being as successful as him. That just that's an absolute ludicrous thing to say. Um, you know that they are the heartbeat of the football club, but the fans are everything when when it comes to a football club. So you know you want to keep them on side and you know not be lick ass, but you certainly don't want to say that kind of thing about them and and rubbish them like he does at times. So I get what you're saying with that, but I think that um, yeah he he, he gets his own fair fair share of shit as well i'll tell you what if we don't get a free tv from curry's and a free bag of shopping off tesco's after this pod something's wrong isn't it yeah is there anything else that we want to promote um i uh yeah i'm i'm running a half marathon and i could do with a brand new car from tc harrison your local home for ford dealership um yeah i'll sponsor you tim interesting debate about uh well, everything posh there, really. It got a lot deeper than what we anticipated, but it's all good. I love it. Uh, looking ahead to on the pitch, then, we've got a lot of games coming up thick and fast over these next few weeks. We are playing Saturday, Tuesday, every week. This Saturday, at home to Green Army, uh, Plymouth. It's going to be a tough game. Tuesday, at uh, home, sorry, to Charlton Athletic. Next Wednesday, at, oh, fucking hell, next Saturday, we're away at Wednesday. Um, that's just very confusing. Plymouth at home this week, Charlton at home Tuesday, Wednesday away next Saturday, Shrewsbury Shrewsbury at home on the Tuesday, and then Cheltenham at home on the Saturday. Uh, three big games coming up with Plymouth, Charlton at home, and then Wednesday away, and then two, you'd like to think, winnable games at home coming up with Shrewsbury Shrewsbury and Cheltenham. Probably nine points is what we'll get, but that's I don't think that'll be enough to, to get into the playoffs, will it? Nine points is I'll take I'll take nine points now, I think. Uh, Kisby out of them five. Um hard to say really. Um I I can't see us winning many of those actually. Not the first three, um, because they're all very tough. We might struggle in those. Um I would say seven points. I'd say that as well, to be fair. I think we lose at home to Green Army on Saturday. We draw against Charlton on Tuesday. We lose away at Wednesday next Saturday. Uh, we draw at home to Shrewsbury Shrewsbury. They are in decent form. 
uh, and then we win at home to Cheltenham. So what well, I don't know how many that was. What was that? Five points, I think I've got us down for then out of the next five games. Um Hmm. Interesting. Interesting to see how that plays out. One last little bit of news. Uh, well, it's a very manager-heavy episode. Uh, Grant McCann been linked with Motherwell. It's a bit of a trek from Baston to Motherwell every day. Uh, do you think that would be a good move for him? Um, it's never a good move to go to Scotland, whatever business you're in, really. And to be honest with you, you wouldn't want to take up a job in Scotland in case they um, suddenly become a different country to the rest of us. So... Um, so, yeah, good luck, McCann. Off you go. Yeah, they may have actually filled that manager post, to be fair. He is still in Baston. I know that because I saw him. They, they, are, they are looking for a, a new leader of the SNP, so maybe he could go for that go as for well. That, yeah. yeah, I saw him walking his dog the other day, so I know that he is still about in uh, in the Peaceborough area. So I did give him a little beep and then he stuck his finger up at me and called the police. So, yeah, thanks very much, Grant. I do uh, appreciate that. We love you, really. Uh, anyway, cool. Happy days. So, thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Good luck to Jared and Chloe as they hopefully welcome mm. the uh, birth of their second child imminently. We will, of course, keep you updated. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review and rate us uh, on apple and spotify it helps us climb the podcast charts and join us next time whenever that may be because we've completely lost track of our order up the posh this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.